0: Welcome to Episcopals, bringing you the latest in faith based advocacy from the Episcopal Church Office of Government Relations. Hello, I'm Alan Yarborough, the Church Relations Officer for the Episcopal Church Office of Government Relations, and this is our first episode of Episcopals, our brand new podcast. And I'm here with my colleague, Susie Faria. Susie, how are you?
1: I'm doing great. Good to be here, Alan.
0: Good. It's good to be here with you. And uh, are you excited about our podcast?
1: Oh, absolutely. I think this is going to be a really great way to better explain our work and to be able to go into more depth on various issues that we cover in our world in Washington, D.C.
0: Yeah, I think so, too. I'm looking forward to it as as a new experience for us and new way to connect with Episcopalians. In our first episode, uh, we want to start with some of those basics. Uh, we'll in future episodes we'll dive into uh, more detail. I think uh, next time we'll we'll be visiting the Farm Bill from a domestic perspective. Um, but today we want to you know make sure folks understand what exactly does relationship building you know between the, the Episcopal Church and U.S. federal government look like. Uh, you know how do we as the, as the office lead advocacy on behalf of the church. Uh, what issues do we work on? What resources are available you know, for Episcopalians who are also interested in doing this work as well? Um, so today, yeah, we'll go over those basics, who we are, uh, what we represent, how you uh, listening in can get involved. Um, so I think if you've just recently learned of our office, uh, this can hopefully be an invitation for you to engage. Uh, if you've been a part of the EVP in a long time, uh, some of you may have been a green postcard person. Technology's changed a lot. Uh, we've had podcasts for quite some time, um, but before the internet used, uh, used green postcards to help facilitate writing uh, representatives in Congress. Uh, but we hope that this also provides you some perspective you weren't aware of, uh, perspective you can then use to bring in more Episcopalians into this work. Uh, but with that, uh, without further ado, Susie, what, uh, what do you do here at the Office of Government Relations? Yeah.
1: Um, I think that's a a great place to start our conversation. Um, I am specifically, am the staff assistant and I also provide creation care policy analysis for the office. So I focus a lot on the environment, energy, climate change, conservation, all of those types of topics. Um, and I hope to give you a few more, uh, specific examples later on in our conversation.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, you know, we can take this as a, as a conversation, but, um, you know, can kind of pitch the questions for us. Uh, what is the Office of Government Relations?
1: Yeah. So the Office of Government Relations is the uh, public policy advocacy branch of the Episcopal Church. Um, so we have been mandated to engage with the United States federal government. Um, and we do that in a variety of ways that I'll, I'll, I'll get into a little bit later. But that's our primary focus, and we, we do that in, in two kind of primary ways. One is, is our as an office, we often do things like hill visits um, where we speak with, with members of Congress or their staffers on certain issues. We work with coalitions um, who, uh, from other faith-based organizations who uh, often align with our concepts or have similar ideas of, of advocacy. We do sign-on letters with them often. And then um, the other more public area, which I'm sure many of our many people listening to this are already members of, is the Episcopal Public Policy Network, which is our grassroots organization um, of of Episcopalians all over the country and uh, a little bit beyond the the United States borders as well as we are an international church. Um, and we kind of help run the EPPN and facilitate. Episcopalians to be able to do their own outreach to their own uh, public officials as well to engage in public policy. And we often do that through, through things like our action alerts, um, which I'm, I'm sure many of you are already signed up to receive. We also do that through our um, weekly network calls, um, which are on Thursdays at 1 p.m. Eastern time. And where we give uh, overviews from the week of some of the, the biggest things that have been going on on Capitol Hill. Um, and yeah, we as an office, we have been around since the 70s and um, our, our kind of function has, has changed a little bit as, uh, as time has gone on and adapted to different time periods and, and to what we've been instructed to do. We often get new topics added to um, our workload, depending on um, on Executive Council and General Convention, which we will go into more detail in later. Um, I hope that's that's most of it. I don't know. Feel free to fill in whatever I'm missing there, Alan.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I think that I think that covers you know the the bulk of sort of our mandate, uh, what we where we are in the church and what we do. You know, other denominations, other faith groups have similar offices, um, and some, some of which actually are, are older than ours. Um, and we'll get into sort of what we cover in a moment, um, but just the fact that we have people, you know, here in Washington, D.C., uh, speaking on behalf of the church and then helping to facilitate grassroots engagement, you know, I think is, is the bulk of what we do. Uh, we have advocacy resources online. Uh, we can offer trainings uh, virtually and in-person on civic engagement, uh, civil discourse, Advocacy strategy. Um, so yeah, I think I think that covers it. Um, but then I'm wondering, you know, this raises uh, to my mind, Susie, and perhaps folks on the call are wondering too, substantively, you know, or, or topically, maybe, what does the Office of Government Relations cover? Are there portfolio areas? Uh, what do we actually speak on?
1: Boy oh boy, are there portfolio areas. We have a lot of different things. Constantly covering. Right now, I'd say some of our, our bigger areas. Um, I've, I've mentioned earlier that I, I cover creation care topics. So things like the environment. Um, we also do a lot around um, poverty and anti-poverty work, um, including things like nutrition um, and, and agriculture in regards to nutrition. Uh, we have for, uh, humanitarian Outreach and uh, foreign assistance work. So there's a lot of like international topics. Um, we have a international policy advisor who covers many parts of the world. We have a, a large portfolio area for immigration and refugees and migration um, and all of the the complicated things that go on um, with those those types of areas. We have uh, portfolio areas for criminal justice reform and and disability. Rights. Uh, we have voting rights is another big one. Indigenous, um, mm-hmm. indigenous issues. Racial reconciliation. Um, I think the important thing is that while there's all of these other ones, all these things, they all kind of fall into like five primary categories that have been kind of assigned um, based on presiding bishop Michael Curry, um, and so they all tend to fall roughly within these five. So it's creation care. Racial justice and reconciliation, human rights and peace building, uh, immigration, migration and refugees. Why can I not remember it? Oh, ending poverty. Of course, I emphasized that earlier. That's our mandate <laughs> here. And so those all of our kind of general portfolio areas um, or our more specific portfolio areas can roughly fit within one or multiple of those um, wider kind of areas. Yeah. I think it's important to note that there's some that are that are newer to us that we are very enthusiastically tracking and paying attention to on Capitol Hill, like like cryptocurrency and and um, internet safety um, and things like that. But uh, those don't quite fit as neatly into the the five categories, but they are still important and we are still tracking them. Um, so there's there's really no shortage of, of portfolio areas at the Office of Government Relations. Um, that's for sure.
0: No, it is for sure. And it's kind of overwhelming uh, at times um, how much uh, we have to work with, how many different issues we speak to. Uh, I I personally think it it creates a lot of opportunities and it it keeps, just from a personal perspective, keeps this work very interesting uh, and challenging. Uh, But it also shows just the the amazing breadth of of, uh, engagement within the church itself, um, and that's in part re- a reflection of, of where our policies come from. So Susie, I wonder if you could you could talk about you know how we choose the topics that we cover.
1: Yeah. Um, so we everything that the Office of Government Relations does directly comes from General Convention and Executive Council resolutions and results. We do not speak on things if they have not been addressed from one or both of those bodies. Um, they are we so general convention primarily like will assign us our different res, uh, areas and and through the resolutions and then executive council is who we kind of report back to their our oversight um while they also can uh provide direction um depending on the issue and and uh, their engagement on it or, or eagerness to engage on it um and i think that's just a really important thing to remember and so we sometimes get asked, like, why aren't you talking about this? Or why aren't you talking about this in a specific way? And that is because we work based on what general convention and executive council have said. And if they have not said anything on it, then we don't do anything with it, essentially, is is kind of how that works for our office.
0: You know, it's it's encouraging to me, even though I think folks can feel uh, the slow movement of pol- political change at times, uh, you know, I do think there is something very powerful to, you know, our democratically elected bodies within the church uh, creating these policies that we are then tasked with, with with representing. You know, it's not, these are not positions that just a few people here, uh, you know, in our office are coming up with. Uh, we're actually empowered by you know, the, the slow, thoughtful, deliberative process um, within uh, the bicameral legislature that is our general convention uh, with the House of Bishops and House of Deputies um, and often reference policies that are even older than than our office itself. Um, so it's something that the church has been engaged in throughout its history.
1: I think that's just a really important part to note is that like, I, I was asked this question recently about like, how long's the shelf life of like a, a general convention resolution? Mm-hmm. I'm like, honestly, we still re- regularly are referencing things from the 70s. Um, or the 90s or the 80s, you know, these are not these are these can be incredibly evergreen when it comes to our work. A lot of the the ways that the church has spoken on these issues have um, while the situation surrounding it hasn't changed, the message hasn't really. Um, and so we still regularly go back and use use mm-hmm. resolutions to support our work from from decades ago. Um, and I think that's that's just a really cool feature of having such a long history as, a, as an institution and getting to be a part of that.
0: Sure, sure. Well, in terms of, uh, you know, how we uh, as staff in the Office of Government Relations do this advocacy on behalf of the church, uh, Susie, I was wondering if you could walk through um, an example of how we engage on one of these topics.
1: Yeah, um, I am... I'm going to use one from my portfolio area, and um, it's also at least topical as of recording sure. this um, in mid March. Um, but I recently, we recently put out a, a piece on the Arctic Refuge, and so I guess um, to go back into like how we we get to the point where we're sharing it with the EPPN and and engagement and all of the the other pieces that are that not um, that aren't necessarily as visible. Um, essentially back in 1991, we had a, a general convention resolution saying that the Episcopal church opposes drilling in the Arctic refuge. And this is a resolution that we have been referencing ever since when it comes to, um, this topic, as far as other relationship buildings, we have, uh, the historical, the church is historically stands with, uh, the Gwich'in people, um, who also want to protect their, the indigenous land in the uh, Arctic Refuge. So there's that relationship right there and that's very informative to how we choose to go about our work. Um, as far as other pieces of that and other relationships that go in, uh, into it, we are in coalition with many of our other partners. I attend a weekly Arctic Refuge call with um, several dozen organizations. Several of which are faith-based organizations, um, and those give updates on on the protection of the the Arctic refuge and the situations and and how we need to adapt our advocacy to be more effective. Um, so those are really important uh, to also help with messaging and making sure that we're being consistent and and relevant and. Communicating in the best way possible, both to our networks and then also uh, for things like hill visits. So, um, one of a big part of our office is going to Capitol Hill um, and going to either the House or Senate and regularly talking with staffers. Um, we largely communicate with staffers. Sometimes we also get to, to communicate with the members themselves, and we we educate them on our, on the issues, and we we get to talk to them about the, their positions on the issues. And so in the case of the Arctic Refuge, we say we don't want drilling. We would love for, for this member to agree with that and, and choose to, in this case, co-sponsor legislation that would permanently protect the Arctic Refuge. Um, and so that's the basic messaging for hill visits and things like that. And um, we sometimes do those on our own and sometimes we do them with our coalition partners. And so there's just a lot of moving pieces into, uh, that, that go along with, with all of our things behind our action alerts. and So then we got to a point where we were, once legislation had been introduced, that we could then um, write an action alert and, and engage the entire EPPN to, to work alongside us on advocating for this issue. And we've done that for several Congresses now. Um, on, on the Arctic Refuge specifically and, and for other things as well.
0: What you were describing reminds me uh, of, you know, the extensiveness of our relationships uh, and how important relationships are to this work. Um, you know, we're at the Office of Government Relations. It's in our name. Uh, and, and we really have to emphasize that uh, to be effective. Um, we have relationship, relationships of coalitions, as you mentioned, um, not just within the Episcopal Church, but with other faith groups. Uh, with secular organizations, um, you know, we, we partnered uh, for our voter engagement work. We partnered with the Civic Holidays. therefore organizations that, that deal with different components of, of voter engagement. But it's also about relationships with government officials and, the, you know, that we're advocating to, about bringing in the church, bringing in our expertise alongside the government to problem solve together. Uh, you know, I think we always ask, I was just in a meeting this earlier this afternoon, we always ask in our meetings, how can we assist uh, you? How can we assist you, the government official, uh, whether it's a member of Congress and their staff or someone in the State Department? Um, how do we work with you on this problem? How do we help uh, address it? Uh, and I think it allows for more welcoming posture and, and more effective collaboration um, as, as we do this. Um, so I wanna take that as, as we sort of wrap up here uh, that idea of relationship and uh, emphasize that you as listeners, you as individual Episcopalians can take that approach as well. Uh, you consider this type of relationship building at the parish level. Um, you know, what maybe outreach ministries does your does your church have uh, and reflect on the goals of those ministries uh, and then consider can those same goals be pursued through advocacy, not as a replacement for for the tangible outreach, but as a supplement to what you're doing. Um, you know, it's likely the knowledge and relationships within parish ministries can be useful for local policymaking as well. Uh, how might, you know, say so you have a homeless ministry, um, can the knowledge, can the relationships from within that homeless ministry help your city council make decisions about addressing homelessness, for example. Um, so we do that a lot at the, at the federal level, uh, and invite Episcopalians into that. So as my last question, uh, Susie, how can individuals get involved with our work?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, the first and foremost, if you have not already, please, please, please join the Episcopal Public Policy Network. You will get um, regular emails, primarily about our action alerts. We also often advertise our uh, statements or occasionally we'll do newsletters and, and just other general information. We also often have events, um, and those can be found through those emails as well. Um, so in addition to our weekly network call I mentioned earlier, we also have things called, I don't know if calling it a series is, is necessarily the best term, but we have our closer looks where we kind of take the time that we we can't um, on our network calls and go deeper into specific issues. I would highly recommend checking out our website. We have lots of different resources. Alan mentioned earlier, civic engagement, civil discourse, um, one of, one of my personal favorites is our policy for action. So if you want to see all of the resolutions that we are constantly referencing, we have them all in one place and it's available on our website. Um, and it's a, I think it can be a really useful resource to, to help guide your advocacy as well. Um, I think those are some of the the big ones, but yeah, there's, there's lots of ways to get involved and, and we hope you'll, you'll continue on this journey. If you have been an EPPN member for a long time, you'll you'll continue with us. And if you're brand new, then welcome. We look forward to to getting to walk with you on this journey.
0: Uh, and we're here, you know, for direct communication as well. So if folks want to reach out to us, you can do so through our social media at the EPPN on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and uh, through our email, EPPN at episcopalchurch.org. Uh, so we look forward to to hearing from you. We look forward to uh, you joining us in this podcast journey uh, to help enhance our advocacy as Episcopalians to the U.S. federal government. Uh, and thank you, Susie, for your time today. I look forward to more conversations in the future.
2: Yeah, no,
1: thank you so much for having me. And I'm yes, I'm sure we will have further conversations in this format, um, and I'm excited for it.
0: Take care. The Office of Government Relations aims to represent the policy priorities of the Episcopal Church to the U.S. government in Washington, D.C., and to influence policy and legislation on critical issues, all while highlighting voices and experiences of Episcopalians and Anglicans globally. The Office facilitates the Episcopal Public Policy Network, a grassroots network of Episcopalians engaged in the Ministry of Public Policy Advocacy. Take action and learn more by following the links in the description. The Episcopals podcast is produced by the staff of the Office of Government Relations with the support from our podcast engineer, Ellie Singer, and project manager, Chris Sykema. Thanks for listening, and join us next time on Episcopals.
2: For 100 years, the generous donations of Episcopalians and supporters to the Good Friday offering have helped the Christian presence in the land of the Holy One to be a vital and effective force for peace and understanding among all of God's children. A lifeline of hope in times of genuine need in years past, the Good Friday offering continues to support churches, medical programs, and schools today. Now more than ever, we celebrate the centennial of this historic fund. Your support is needed. Give online at IAM. Dot .ec slash Good Friday Offering or text GFO to 91999. The Good Friday Offering, celebrating a century of gifts and rejoicing in 2,000 years of good news.